And we are back for another edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast, Thursday, December 22nd, 2016. I'm joined by, as always, Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. You can find him on Twitter. He's also the host of Wrestle Rant Radio. He's on Twitter at Wrestle Rant. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great, Randy. You said, as before, we went on the start of the show here, Christmas right around the corner, coming up roadblock on Sunday. It's been a packed week. Looking forward to the new year coming up as well. Um, but it's really telling to me, as we'll talk about here today, we're coming up a roadblock and raw on Sunday and Monday, respectively. What people, what, what people are talking about, however, is SmackDown on Tuesday and the loaded show they have coming up this Tuesday night. So I'm looking forward to talking about what they hear today, though. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I, I think, you know, I've been telling you for quite some time, and, I, and I've also said it, on Twitter that SmackDown has just been, to me, the more dominant uh, show, the more dominant brand between them and, and Raw. And, you know, people would try to sit back and try to, you know, wonder why why it is and, you know, whether they have different writing teams or, you know, because everything still goes through Vince at the end of the day. But uh, seeing what SmackDown did this Tuesday compared to what Raw did on Monday, it was just like a completely different show with the attitude, the language, the kind of matches you had, and them setting up, you know, basically a, a, a mini pay-per-view on the 27th with a whole bunch of championship matches. Pretty much. I mean, it's not just one big match. We've seen that before, like, oh, a WWE title match scheduled right. for the show. <clears throat> There's like three or four things happening from the world title match to, I think, the tag title match to the women's title will be defended. John Cena's back for the first time in almost three months, I think, so... It's going to be a big show, and I think the most telling thing about this is that, for one thing, Raw, I don't think, as of right now anyway, has anything scheduled for Monday. And nothing I saw on Monday night really entices me to watch on Monday if I'm a casual fan. But for SmackDown, though, they're really ending the year on a massive bang, which to me is no surprise considering that the blue brand has really been killing its brand split. But that said, though, um, usually those last end-of-the-year shows right before New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, are total throwaway. They have holiday garbage. They don't do anything of note whatsoever. And granted, maybe none of the championships change hands, but those are still three big matches to schedule for your last show of the year. So SmackDown, once again, has a leg up overall. I'm looking forward to seeing how they deliver on Tuesday. Before we get to that show on the 27th, again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRants. You can follow me, uh, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at I am. Randy Cruz, if you're a big-time wrestling fan, hit us up with some questions uh, before any show that we do so we can answer them live on the podcast. Um, This past Sunday was indeed Roadblock, um, not one of my favorite pay-per-views of 2016 or of all time. I felt it was just more like a a three-hour Raw, and uh, I know, know we had our predictions the week before. I think we missed out on a couple of them. I guess the I guess the biggest story is that we we do have we do indeed have new tag team champions. I think we all saw that coming, whether at Roadblock or maybe the at, at the Royal Rumble. But they 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 did take the belts off a new day, um, and now Sheamus and Cesaro are the new tag team champions. They also got new tag team championship belts uh, with the red strap, you know, similar to what SmackDown has. So that is. Um, that, that that did finally happen. Were you surprised that Sheamus and Cesaro did win at Roadblock and not, not at a bigger pay-per-view? Uh, not really, just because, I mean, we talked about it here last week and the fact that the titles had to change hands, whether it, whether it was either on this show, at the Rumble, 
they needed to change hands sooner rather than later now that the New Day has broken the record. And as you said last week, if it wasn't Cesaro and Sheamus, then who? I mean, the Revival probably won't be called up for another month or so. They're still tied up in NXT for right now. Enzo and Cass are tied up with Rusev, and what the hell that's supposed to be. And Cesaro and Sheamus have really been working well together for the past couple of months. It started out like the whole Team Hell No thing, and then now they're doing the whole Miz and Miz Bout thing where Cesaro goes for the cheers, Sheamus for the booze. They're still fighting, but in the ring, though, when that bell rings, they have great matches. Right. I don't know if it was the best match on Sunday, but it was still a really, really fun match. And uh, I think it needed to happen. I think if New Day retained, <clears throat> would have either had to go full-fledged heel to kind of set up a rematch for the Rumble, but the Rumble, the Rumble is in another for another two or, or rather like six or seven weeks. So they needed to do it at this pay-per-view, and I thought it was one of the highlights of the show. Now, do you think from what you saw on Raw, and I know New Day came out, and you know Sheamus Cesaro, you know New Day was kind of upset that they that uh, you know Sheamus and Cesaro had the new tag, uh, tag team belts. Then you saw. Um, you know, Gallows and Anderson, Shining Stars, they had like an eight-man tag. Are, are the New Day still going to be in this tag team picture, or do you think that slowly but surely they would kind of fade away and kind of go into their own singles competition? I mean, they might still, for right now anyway, I see them getting a rematch at some point, maybe next week or in the first row of the year, which is always stacked pretty much for the Raw brand. Um, but for the New Day, I think it would be best for them to – I mean, if they went heel and then chased the tag titles, I mean, I guess that's something to kind of switch up their characters, but I think it would be best, not if they broke up, but rather they just kind of did their own thing, respectively, in singles competition, like Biggie going after the U.S. championship, or I don't know if Xavier Woods would qualify for the Cruiserweight championship, but they can all go, kind of go their separate ways, and that would be totally in favor of that, but without splitting up, if that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, with Roman in possession of the U.S. title, I don't know how you get to that point, but it would be cool if they kind of branched off and started doing their own thing as opposed to you know, kind of taking a break from the tag team title picture for right now. Also on Roadblock, uh, we had the um, the comeback of, of Neville. And I think when you ask people, you know, what do you most remember of Roadblock, they'll probably tell you when Neville came back and basically beat the shit out of Rich Swan, And then TJ Perkins also on Monday night, you know, solidifying himself um, in that cruiserweight division with, with those three and, and the Brian Kendrick. Um, were you happy to see Neville come back and now that he's in a more heel-like form where, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, you have a, a great talent talent like Neville just not doing anything, not being on TV, no pushes, no title matches. He's just doing nothing. Uh, I know he was hurt uh, uh, prior to that, but still a talent that, that was – just not being used, and now he comes back for the cruiserweight stuff. Uh, different demeanor, different character, different attitude. He'll like uh, character. Um, I like what I saw from Neville on both Sunday and Monday. Um, the in-ring promo he did on Monday wasn't too bad, um, but shows that he, he, he's been fed up with what's been going on and him being uh, you know, in, in, in line for the cruiserweight championship. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good for him. What did you make of his appearance at Roadblock and and his new heel character? I think if you told me a week ago here in the show that the biggest thing that people would be talking about coming out of the show would be Neville, I would have called you crazy. I mean, this guy's <laughs> been on Raw in two, three months or something, and we've always been asking ourselves why the hell is this guy not in the cruiserweight division? Right. They finally pulled the uh, pulled, pulled the trigger in that on Sunday, but not only that, they turned him heel too, and the way they did it was great with him 
literally coming down to the ring with a smile on his face and then just smacking the shit out of Rick Swan in the ring, and it was awesome. Then the promo the next day on Raw, <clears throat> as you said yourself on Twitter, was it the pipe bomb promo? No, of course not, but, I mean, as you said on Twitter, it was probably the greatest promo that Neville has ever got in his entire career. Yeah. It's hard to argue there, just because he's never been the greatest talker. And um, I thought what he said felt real. The king of the cruise. He is the ultimate cruiserweight, and it really has been a big question mark since July what he wasn't a part of that division. And this is a perfect use for him. Uh, probably the, the the freshest he has felt since coming up to the main roster. So this is a great use for him. He had uh, made a big impact on Sunday, cut a good promo on Monday, laid out the cruiserweights on Monday as well, before winning a tag team match in 205 Live. So Neville, in my opinion, was the superstar of the week this past week. I thought he did great. Um, I don't know if you take the title off of Rick Swan so quickly to put it on Neville, but the prospect of a Neville-Austin Aries match at some point when he's cleared is pretty great, in my opinion, no pun intended, for the greatest man who ever lived. But uh, with Neville, slowly Austin Aries to Jerry coming back, the division is slowly but sure and fulfilling its full potential. So basically Neville was the man that creative forgot. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Um, I've been telling Arjun that for the past year and a half now, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see him back and see him doing something. I know he'll he'll be in line for that cruiserweight championship, uh, you know, somewhere down in the near future. Also, um, I think me and you, me, also me and you, went back and forth on this for the for the Raw Women's Championship. We were kind of undecided, like we said. Well, I I want this person to win, but I think she's gonna win. Ultimately, Charlotte did become a four-time Raw Women's Champion. Uh, not really much of a surprise, but more like a disappointment for me and, and I guess most fans that just want to see Sasha have a meaningful championship run for more than, you know, just a few weeks. And I guess how I want to ask you, one, what did you think of the match? Two, what did you think of Sasha tapping out right before the clock was supposed to run out and then ultimately losing to Charlotte? And where does Charlotte go from here? Obviously, I think Bailey and Sasha are going to go um, with her road to, to Nia Jax. But the match, her tapping out, and Charlotte winning, what did you make of all that? Yeah, mixed thoughts. I thought the, the match itself was pretty good. Um, I thought <clears throat> it was made by the overtime. I thought the overtime really, really made the match. And that everything that came before it. <clears throat> <excuse> my <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is completely shot. No problem. But, um, Every, everything that came before overtime was uh, was was all right. It was decent, but it was really the overtime that, in my opinion, made the match. I thought that was great. So, uh, and then the tapping out, Sasha tapping out with literally two seconds left on the clock, going into overtime, was so dumb. She was looking right at the clock. She held on for a minute and a half. Yeah, yet she couldn't hold on for another two more seconds. That to me made no sense. Um, but Charlotte winning, as you said, I thought it was just so. And we, we, we've seen it for. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is completely gone. But Charlotte winning again was just so dumb. And the fact that we've seen it so many times before, and that it lives in Charlotte and Bailey, which is a fine feud, but I'm just ready for something new. But yeah, I like the match itself. I thought it was a great match. One of their better encounters in recent memory. Uh, Sasha tapping with two seconds left, that was dumb. Charlotte winning again was something we've seen before. As you said, it, it wasn't really surprising as much as it was disappointing, and to me, it really solidifies Sasha Banks as a loser, because she can only win a belt on Raw, and never when it matters most on the big stage. I think RJ made a great comparison uh, when he wrote an article on my website a couple days ago. It's like a team that wins in the regular season, but never in the playoffs. Sasha Banks is that team. 
So it, it kind of sucks for her. I guess she goes into a feud with Nia Jax at this point, but mm. they'll maybe build up Nia Jax. I don't know, but I guess we'll see where this goes. I'm just kind of curious now with the belt off of Sasha, what they do for WrestleMania. They're going to Charlotte and Bailey going to the Rumble. So if they do that there, then what match do they do at WrestleMania is kind of my big question right now. Yeah, I, I thought it would have made more sense if, if if both were tied at one one two two, and then Charlotte had the the figure eight figure four on Sasha, then she would just not tap out and let the clock run out, and then boom, you have your overtime. But the fact that she was dead looking at the clock, like all right, it's the time for me to tap out now. Two seconds, bam. Then at that moment, you know the crowd, you know there and watching at home could kind of get that sense that. All right, Charlotte's going to win. There's no reason why Sasha's going to tap out now and then win a third fall in overtime. But, you know, it just, I don't know. I really don't know what it is, why they won't have the belt on Sasha for more than a month, a couple weeks. Um, I do get Charlotte is undefeated on pay-per-views. Um, I, I do get that. But at the expense of making Sasha look like she can't beat Charlotte on a pay-per-view or, like you said, like a loser, um, doesn't make entirely sense at all. But then you have Bailey, who also on Raw defeats Charlotte, is 3-0 and against Charlotte, and you kind of look like, so you're, trying to, so you're trying to tell me Bailey can beat Charlotte, but Sasha Banks can't beat Charlotte, um, whether on Raw or a pay-per-view. And now they're going to go into a program they had they had their one on one match three times already. So when you see it at a Rumble or WrestleMania, it may not mean as much because they've done the match so many times on Raw. And maybe the, the Sasha Nia Jax could be something a little interesting because we haven't seen that uh, either ever or since NXT. So that's a little more brand new. But if you're gonna build up for Bailey Charlotte, it's like all right, we've seen this three times already. And then you know, then what is is Bailey gonna go undefeated? against her are they going to try to ramp up charlotte's title reigns to match rick flair's i don't know but i think by the time we see charlotte bailey on on a major pay-per-view it could be as soon at the rumble or stretch it out to mania it may just not mean as much that's that's exactly it i mean i've never been a big fan myself of them doing the same match over and over and over again on raw mm-hmm. they get to the point where on the pay-per-views the crowd sits on their hands and they're surprised because we've seen the match a million times before it's the same match over and over like i'm glad bailey's beating like she's winning matches but this is a total 180 from what she was in nxt as the ultimate underdogs so, like she should not be beating charlotte three you know charlotte does not come up well in any of these scenarios, either. I know she's undefeated on paper. She's had a great year. She's an awesome heel. She always fucking loses on Raw. And she can only win on paper. It's the exact opposite of Sasha Banks. She can never win on Raw, but she only wins when the belt is on the line. That, to me, makes no sense. And it just makes her look weak, too. So no one's coming out of this looking good at all. Because Bailey should be an underdog. She should be try- It should be Charlotte that's 3-0 against Bailey. Then Bailey trying to get that big win over Charlotte. So, right. Like I said, I, I don't know where they go with this. The whole Raw women's division is just fucked right now. I don't know what they're doing with it. But whereas the women on SmackDown, and I hate to keep on comparing it to the SmackDown is the, definitely the superior show. But uh, at least they know what they're doing with the women over there in terms of booking them, where they fall on the roster and stuff like that, their wins and losses records and stuff like that. With the women on Raw, it just doesn't make any sense. They keep on going back and forth with the same three women. And just the, the character roles that all three girls have right now just makes no sense. And they really find it hard to believe 
like the officials are shocked when the fans can't get behind anybody. And why would they? When Charlotte loses all the time on Raw, Sasha Banks can never win it when it matters most, and Bailey's supposed to be an underdog, and she's always winning. So it just it, it makes no sense right now. What was that? What was that move Bailey was doing on on Charlotte? It was she was laying on top of her, and she kept spinning around. And I'm at home. I'm, I'm talking to a family, and I'm at home watching Raw on, on mute for the time being. And I just see Bailey doing this thing on Charlotte. She's just spinning around, and it's supposed to be a move. And I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> like, seriously, like, what is that? NXT. I mean, she, she's done it before in NXT, and it's looked good in the past. On Monday, I noticed that, too. She did the same thing to Charlotte, and it did not look good at all. It looked, like, sloppy. Like, she got up, and they were, like, questioning why she looked, like, drunk. Like, she looked fatigued. It looked very weird. So, I mean, it's not a I mean, it's a, it's a cute move for her because it fits her character, but... At least when she does it right or, like, quicker, she was, like, barely moving on top of her when she was spinning on top of her, whatever it was supposed to be. Just It was just bizarre. Yeah, it did not look good on Monday, though. I mean, yeah, you do that to Alicia Fox. Do that to Dana Brooke. But doing that to the to the, uh, to the the women's champion, it's like, all right, now we're going a little too far. And then, ultimately, she does win the match, and she's 3-0 and against Charlotte. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out. To, re- to finish the, the roadblock review, um... Kevin Owens is still Universal Champion, you know, with the whole DQ finish with uh, Jericho interfering against Roman Reigns. Again, we have this little Shield tag team reunion. Uh, Two thirds of the Shield attacking Jericho and Owens at the end. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the main event. Um, it just something wasn't there for me. And I guess the finish made it even more like, oh, really? You're going to end a pay-per-view on a DQ? And, you know, then you kind of get this thing like Jericho and Kevin Owens was in was in on it the whole time to help KO re, uh, retain his belt. Then you fast forward to Monday. And, again, we're going to have Kevin Owens and Reigns again at the, at, at the Royal Rumble for the title. Um, not sure why. But now Jericho is going to be in this cage above the rim. Yeah, at the at the Alamo Dome at the Rumble, so no outside interference can can happen from Jericho. So, um, your thoughts on the match on Sunday, how they finished it, and any way you can look forward to their rematch at the Rumble with Jericho in this stupid looking cage. Yeah, the roadblock main event. I'm just I was not a fan. It went 25 minutes, and why they would give Roman Reigns a 25 minute main event, I have no idea. And Kevin Owens is great too, but he has to have the right opponent in order. I mean, that's not true actually. He can have a great match with anybody, but the whole feud is stuck. Nobody cares. Uh, Roman Reigns being there for 25 minutes was not a wise idea. It was a very boring match, and to top it all off, it had an awful finish with Jericho running in and causing the DQ. For a pay-per-view main event, and it was just... And we're back to square one with Jericho and Owens coexisting again, which is great. I mean, they're comedy gold. They were great on Monday. But for a pay-per-view main event, with everything that happened afterwards, with the Shield putting uh, KO and Jericho through tables, it really just kind of set up the Raw tag team match on Monday. That was really all it was. It felt like a Raw main event and a Raw finish. Um, It was not a pay-per-view main event, which really left a sour taste in many people's mouths on Sunday. Right. But... When they announced the cage match for the Rumble, I just didn't. I just don't get why because they have that first Raw of the year, which traditionally they've done a a world title match on in the past. That a a, a world title match kick off the year, which is great. But they're not doing that. I mean, they they might, they still might do that. But it just, 
it's so dumb because we literally just saw the same thing at NXT TakeOver Toronto. And I know they're two different, they're two different audiences, so a lot of people might not even know that it happened. But for those that did see that match, Paul Ellering dropped a weapon in the ring, or in, in the ring anyway. And he got involved anyway, and he helped the authors of Pain BTM 6 one So I don't understand how Jericho being in a cage is going to help Roman Reigns or avoid interference. It just, it's so stupid. The feud itself is sucked. I don't know if I could, if I could take another five to six weeks of it. So they really should have just blown this off on Monday or in the first Raw of the year at least to build to at least a fatal four-way with all four guys, with Jericho and Rollins included, would have been much better. Because Rollins wants the world title anyway. How do you think he feels? He gets fucked over. He beat Jericho on Sunday. And he said that's step one to getting back to Kevin Owens and in the title picture. And now he's not in the title match with Rumble. So it just, it, to me, it just makes no sense. So I would much rather prefer four-way over whatever the hell this is going to be the Rumble. Yeah, I, I, I think they're really heavily relying on those same four guys every Monday night, every every pay-per-view to, to carry um, the brand and you know, sometimes it, it gets oversaturated. I know the roster split. You're gonna see, you are going to see the same guys on both shows. But I think with how SmackDown does it, you're not tired of seeing AJ Styles. You're not tired of seeing Dean Ambrose. You're not tired of seeing Orton, the Wyatts, and, and the Miz. You're not tired of like when you see the TV. Oh man, here they go again. Same matches, whatever. But when you see, like, I, I like KO. I, I like all, all four, uh, Seth, Roman, and Y2J, and KO. But sometimes it's just like they, they, they're, they're paired together too much. It's not just individual, um, you know, individual things. Where when you see KO, Jericho is right next to him. Recently, when Reigns is out there, it's Seth Rollins ain't, ain't that far behind. So and then after that, what main event picture do you have besides those four? Um, even if you look at the end of Raw with Braun Strowman destroying uh, both Seth and Reigns, could that be a little, um, you know, a little indication that Braun's going to be somewhere uh, lingering in this title picture, maybe for Reigns' U.S. title if he does not win at the Rumble, or maybe the fact that Reigns should lose the U.S. title before the Rumble to, to a guy like Braun Strowman because... Having Reigns any event of winning the the world title, the the universal title at the Rumble, you don't want him with two belts. I think he should lose the U.S. belt in some sort of fashion to, to Braun Strowman before the Rumble, and then you have your one on one match with KO. But I think they all they all great, they're all talented. But I think they're being heavy heavily relied on to carry that show. And at, at some point, you, you know, you could be a fan or not. But you're going to get tired of seeing Jericho and KO together. You're going to tired of seeing Seth Rollins against Chris Jericho or Kevin Owens and him still wanting Triple H, and Triple H is nowhere to be found for the last four or five months. Then it's like you get to the Rumble, now what? If if KO wins with Jericho high in the cage, who's next? If Reigns wins, who's next? If Reigns loses, who's next? That's the question that we all got to you know find the answer to. Yeah, that's the big problem right now. I mean, pretty much since SummerSlam, I would say, since Balor got hurt. I mean, you look at the four-way when Kevin Owens won the belt. It had Reigns, Rollins, KO, and Big Cass. Obviously, Big Cass isn't the main event guy, nor should he be. But you substitute Jericho for Big Cass, and it's the same four guys we've had for the past four months. I mean, they all have good matches and stuff, but it's like we need to move on. We need to get some other fresh faces in there, which is why I thought 
Braun Strowman getting involved in the mix on Monday by beating the shit out of Roman and Rain, uh, uh, Roman and Seth was the best thing they could have done. And even to get him in the main event mix right now wouldn't make no sense. I mean, he might fit right in. I mean, I think it's too early to give him a world title shot, but the U.S. title shot, as you said, I think would be perfect. I wasn't even thinking about that. To take that title off of Roman. Because you know Roman's not going to win as long as he has that U.S. championship. Unless it's on the line of the Rumble, which as of right now it is not, they should just take the title right off of him and give it to Braun. And the Braun and Sammy feud would be a lot better if they had a title on the line as well. And you have Braun lose on Sunday, which was another weird thing. Sammy survived for 10 minutes, which I thought they would do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he would win. Like they, Because he didn't beat or he didn't pin or submit Braun, that automatically makes him win. Like, that makes no sense. No sense. So, and then they had Braun. I don't know. It's just, again, the, the raw booking is, like, fucked right now. But I don't know. Yeah, I would take the title off of Roman, give it to Braun, and uh, just keep it on Braun for a while. He's an unstoppable monster anyway. So I would keep that belt on it for a while to come, and then you can have Roman and KO. And as long as KO wins, I'm fine. Just because Roman going into WrestleMania's champion again, there's nothing for me. I think it'd be great if we had a break from Roman in the world title match at WrestleMania for a change. And then the only real bright side of this to me is that if they're not doing it at the Rumble, they must be saving it for WrestleMania, KO versus Jericho. I thought they would have Jericho turn on KO on Sunday, which they did not. Oh, kind of, but not really. They're still thing. And then now you can do the match at the Rumble. Obviously, they're not going that direction. <clears throat> but now you can have Jericho and Owens. Hopefully, WrestleMania. I don't know if that's a world title caliber match, but they've been building up for so long. They have to face off at WrestleMania now. You can't go to the freaking Fastlane pay-per-view. No one would care. So mm. it's a match better save for WrestleMania. And until Balor comes back, which hopefully is soon, just to get some fresh blood in the mix, um, it's it's going to be a long couple of months. Or it's a long month until the Rumble with this whole KO reigns and nonsense. Are you a fan of these little two-thirds shield reunion kind of things where you know we saw it on Roadblock, we saw it before that, we saw it at Survivor Series. We saw it on Raw. But it's like you as a fan, you're like, don't do this un- un- unless you have all three together at the same time. It's not that I'm not a fan with it. All of it. I'm just not really sure why. Like, it would be cooler if they explained why Rollins and Reigns are automatically friends. I mean, right. lest we forget four or five months ago, Rollins was beating the shit out. He attacked him and then returned. These guys were mortal enemies two or three months ago. Yeah, just because Rollins is a babyface, he's teaming back up with Roman again. And they never really... Like, there was that one Raw, I think it was the Halloween Raw, when Rollins came to Roman's aid, and right. they kind of stood across in the ring from each other, and the crowd started chanting yes, and they went nuts in Hartford. But they kind of skipped the chapter. They went from that to have them teaming it at Survivor Series and reuniting at Survivor Series. They never really explained why they're friends. Like, if they're on the same page and Reigns doesn't trust Rollins, that would make sense, but they never said that, so... I, I don't know. I thought it was just bizarre what, you know, why they really, I mean, it's cool that they're back together and fine with that, but I just think they kind of skipped the chapter. And I think, if anything, I don't know if it's hurting Rollins, but it seems like in the past that anyone who has been associated with Roman Reigns, the Usos being a prime example, have always been hurt from being associated with Roman Reigns just because people do not like Roman Reigns. So I hope this does not lead to Seth Rollins getting booed. I mean, people like him. He's not really much of a babyface that he really has not evolved into that babyface a lot of people think he can be. But, uh, yeah, again, it's just a really weird scenario right now. Yeah, at, at times it's cool, but like you said, if they would have done a thing where, like, we don't we don't exactly know why they're tag-teaming together, they're friends, and how they, they even made up, you know, it, even if that 
happen or not. Where like you could have had a you could have had an inner story where Seth is trying to like reconcile with, with Reigns, but Reigns is having doubts and second thoughts or walking away from Seth. Talk about I, I I don't trust you because of what happened and Seth is trying to like come on come on you know you're my guy you're my brother Shield and and everything, but it just felt like one day. All right, Seth, you're gonna tag team with with Roman. Roman's like, all right, cool. Like you, you just totally forgot that back in June and July you were fighting for for the title, and then two years ago, Seth turned turned you know his back on you guys. Now everything is cool. Like how, when, why, what what brought you guys back together? Did you have a little meeting? Like I don't know. It just they they got put together, and I think that's the fault of the company because. When Seth came back, and he got that that loud pop, baby face reaction, but they wanted to keep him heel, I think they they messed that up right from the jump. Now Seth is is is, is in this little tweener area where, you know, he he, he can still do heel like things, but the fans are gonna cheer him, and now he's doing things that. You don't normally see Seth Rollins do like the Rollins report and trying to make jokes and that that's not Seth. If if, if he's gonna be a good guy, let him be just a, a regular good guy without cracking jokes and doing all these little shows. Like he can go in the ring, but how they made up and everything, how they're gonna try to make up or try to come back and maybe entice Dean to 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 come with them. There, there's no, there's definitely no story behind that. No, I could not agree more with what you said, especially about Rollins' return and how much they botched that. I mean, Rollins was overdue as a babyface. I mean, he was a great heel last year. He was the best wrestler on the roster at this time last year. Right. Before he got hurt, obviously. But they needed to turn a babyface when he got back. They knew people were going to cheer him. I mean, we were, I was there with Arte. They, they, the place went nuts, and the next night on Raw, they went crazy. But they kept him heel. It's like, why? If, they're gonna, if you want to do Rollins and Reigns in the Money in the Night pay-per-view, which they did, you could do it as a babyface and babyface match. And the only reason they ended up turning him was because Battler got hurt. If Battler never got hurt, maybe he would have never turned. So, yeah, I mean, I think they really, they missed, they, they should have struck, uh, struck while that Harden was hot with, with Seth Rollins coming out of his return. Because, I mean, now he's getting cheered. But, yeah, it's like uh, he's still kind of a heel, but he's not. He's kind of a dick sometimes, but he's not. And he's doing the Rollins report, which is dumb, and it's not really his character. Like, I, I'm not really sure what they're doing with him right now, and I'm hoping 2017 brings better things for him. But I think bottom line, as you said, they really missed the boat with turning him heel, or turning him face, rather, when he came back after Extreme Rules, because that was really the opportunity to turn him baby face. He was getting huge reactions, and they fucked it up by keeping him heel, which to me, at this point in time, even months later, still makes no sense. So as it may be, SmackDown, to me, is 3-0, and against Raw in their own individual pay-per-views. Uh, Backlash was better than Clash of Champions. No Mercy was mm-hmm. better than Hell in a Cell. And TOC was far better than, than Roblox. So it's <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Easily. Um, so we go to SmackDown real quick. Uh, they had the big show on the big show. The, on the 27th, uh, next Tuesday, where you have a triple threat match between AJ Dolph and now Baron Corbin for the for the world title. John Cena returns a four corners tag team championship match with uh, the Wyatts, Slater and Rhino, American Alpha, and the Usos. Also Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Like I said, it's like a mini 
a mini two hour in your house pay-per-view from back in the days um i think they've been doing a great job and i think they're finishing off the year very very strong where a lot of people are just really tuned into what smackdown is doing maybe the fact that it is two hours long uh, you also get your talking smack after that um but before that um, it was supposed to be Dolph and AJ for the world title next Tuesday, but Baron Corbin got himself involved um, on, on Tuesday with the promo with Ziggler. They have a one-on-one match, and then both got counted out, and um, AJ at- uh, attacked both of them. Daniel Bryan says, triple threat, na- tr- uh, triple threat match, AJ, Dolph, and Baron Corbin. Want to get your thoughts on? Did you would you prefer Dolph AJ one on one, or do you like the insertion of Baron Corbin into the mix? I like the addition of Corbin in the mix. I'm not really sure what it means. I think it's more of a push for Corbin than anything else. It's not like okay, we're going to put Corbin in here because he's going to one that he's going to be the one that eats the pinfall. Oh. Not really, actually, because he he's not. I mean, he's more protected than Ziggler. I mean, Ziggler always gets beat. I mean, look at the Miz feud. So. It's not like that's the case. Uh, I don't think they're taking the title off of AJ, nor should they. I like Corbin a lot. I think it might be too early to put the world title on him. So it is a little weird, but I do like the addition of Corbin just because it's something new. Um, we haven't seen AJ and Ziggler as many times as we've seen AJ and Ambrose. And that would still would have been. They could still have a great match. You could still do AJ and Ziggler, and Corbin's in the mix, too. And they had a really good match on Tuesday. That was a feud that never freaking ended a couple months ago over the summer when Corbin and Ziggler feuded. It never fucking ended. They had a million matches. And now they're in the main event of SmackDown having a really good match, and that really goes to show what good creative can do for you. Um, but, yeah, no, I like the addition of Corbin to the, to the mix. I don't think he should win. But uh, I think at some point, maybe in the, not next, not in the next couple months, I think AJ is the best wrestler they have on that roster, the best most over character, the best character they have on that show. Why would you take the title off him at this point? Um, but I think Corbin can be a main event player at some point. He's, he's got the look. He's, got, he's not the greatest wrestler in the world. But as we saw with his matches with Kalisto, he can be, you know, quote-unquote carry to a good match. So I think that the addition of Corbin to the mix is a good one. So now my thing is, I think we all agree that um, AJ is going to retain the title. Um, before I get to him, where does Dolph Ziggler go after that? Where does Baron Corbin go after that? Do they renew their rivalry, or do you think... Bigger things are ahead for Dolph and Baron Corbin. In any event, AJ retains the title. So, I mean, I guess they could renew the feud. They could renew the rivalry if they wanted to going into the Rumble, which I'm not a huge fan of because we saw, like I said, a million times over the summer. And I'm not really into seeing them go at it again so soon after their first feud ended. Um, but the good thing about that is that we're so close to the Rumble. We might have, I think after that show, maybe four SmackDowns until the Rumble, maybe four SmackDowns, so they wouldn't have to wait too long. Both guys just see being in the Rumble match itself, and if they're going to do it like I think they should, like I think they used to, with 15 spots going into the Rumble to Raw, and the other 15 going to SmackDown, uh, they should stack the Rumble as much as possible. And then it still should be, as we talked about many weeks ago, it should still be Taker and Styles at the Rumble. Now, whether they set that up starting Tuesday, or Mm. I would imagine maybe the first SmackDown of uh, of 2017. I mean, he came back and he said, I'm never going away, and he hasn't been seen since or acknowledged since, which was just bizarre to me. But um, it should still be AJ and Taker at the Rumble. Corbin and Ziggler should just enter the Rumble, in my opinion. You know, it's very interesting because, you know, we do have John Cena coming back on on Tuesday. We don't know what his role is going to be. Um, 
we all agree that AJ is still going to be champion at uh, at the Tuesday, um, and they might set up where you know they can go they can go different routes where if it's going to be Taker and AJ at the Rumble, they can have Taker pop out at the end of the match and kind of give that signal like you know I'm next, um, or do the, the first show of 2017 for SmackDown and Taker can come out and whatever. So. Um, I think they either do that this week or the following week, but it, it would be kind of cool that they can solidify that championship match soon because you already have Raw. They, they already solidified their championship match for the Rumble with KO and, and, and Reigns. So now, Tuesday, they can say, all right, you already have that match with Jericho in the cage. All right, check this out. Taker's going to come out at the end, give that indication like, AJ, you're next, and boom, you already know you have your, your title match. But with John Cena coming back, we don't know what he's going to do. So they might hold off Taker for another week or two. So we do have time before the Rumble to solidify a championship match. I don't think it's going to be Cena um, and, and, and AJ at the Rumble. Cena might be in the Rumble match. But um, I, I just think that any event, if they don't go that route with Taker or Cena for AJ, my question to you is kind of jumping the gun. Um, who who should win the Rumble? Who are like your top three, four, five guys that you say, you know what? If if these guys are in the Rumble, and I think we could take out Brock and Goldberg for that matter, who could win the Rumble? Because for me, if AJ and Taker isn't happening, if AJ and John Cena isn't happening, um, because Taker might fight Cena one on one. What about a guy like The Miz winning the Rumble? I know, I know that might sound a little crazy, but with him and Dean Ambrose going at it, he might lose the IC title to Dean prior to the Rumble, or maybe that night, then being the Rumble later on that night, and then come out, you know, the, the the contender for AJ Styles World Championship. What do you think about that? I'd be fine with that. I mean, I think Miz is the Rumble winner would be something better over Cena winning it again for it goddamn third time. I think they need oh, yeah. someone fresh to win. I mean, Miz has been around for 10 years, but he hasn't been a main event player in almost five. And we've talked about it here on the show several times in the past how much he deserves that spot as a main event player at some point in your future again. So Miz winning would be fine with me. I think it's a long shot, but there's a chance. But I mean, I can't even say it's a long shot. I just think if you look at the rest of the field, and who really else is there? I mean, the only other person I've been seeing for months that I think could win is along with a, a, many other people have been saying it as well, Finn Balor. But that's assuming that he's back in time. If it's not Finn Balor, and he might not even be back in time for the Rumble, then who is it? I mean, maybe Miz. Uh, Cena could win it, which I don't think he should, nor will he. Um, I think he could always win. They have the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view for SmackDown in February. They can always have him win the Chamber pay-per-view then, or the Chamber match then, to earn a title shot at WrestleMania. I think it will be Taker and Cena at Mania. Um, and then do Taker and, uh, I mean, I guess they could do Cena and AJ again. But as long as they don't do Cena and AJ the Rumble, I mean, the match would be great, but it makes no sense just because Cena's a loser. He came back. But, I mean, first of all, he lost to Styles and SummerSlam left, came back, lost to No Mercy again, got pinned in that triple threat match. <clears throat> so for him to come back and challenge for the championship again makes no sense because he hasn't earned it. So he's got to be in the Rumble. Um, I do think we could take her and see that mania. Where that leaves Styles, I have no idea whether he's champion going into the show or not. I don't think he will be. I think he will be Taker and Cena for the belt, which I would probably put in the main event. And where that leaves AJ, I mean, he's been the best wrestler in WWE all year, so it'd be kind of 
dumb to kind of leave him out of uh, out of a marquee match at WrestleMania. I heard this year, I heard uh, this week rather, that they might be putting him against Samoa Joe, which I don't know why that would make sense. I mean, it'd be great. Um, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what the exact. I think it was PW Insider. I'm not exactly sure, but um, him and Nakamura. If they called him Nakamura before, that would be amazing. I, again, I don't see that happening either. That might be too soon to call him Nakamura. But yeah, that's that's the real question. I do see it being Cena and AJ at Mania, or rather Cena and Taker at Mania for the belt. Where that leaves AJ is the real question. Um, if it's Styles and Miz, I'd be I, I'd be down for that. I mean, I think that'd be a great flash match. And it, I mean, they kind of teased it a couple weeks ago too before Miz got. You know, uh, eliminated from that four-way. So, right. I mean, I guess it's possible, but yeah, there really aren't many, like, a number of people who could win it this year, which is also a good thing. I mean, there really isn't one person who everyone's like, oh, that guy's going to win it. Like, Roman Reigns and Batista in Triple H in the last couple of years, everyone was like, oh, man, we need up, and we know he's going to win that match. This year, there really isn't one guy. Like, we don't have a couple people who could win. We have literally nobody who could win. So, I guess it makes it that much more predictable, or unpredictable, rather. Graham, my thing is this. If Alberto Del Rio, if Sheamus can win the Rumble, the Miz can win the Rumble. And I think, you know, maybe just that's just me being a fan of his work um, for this whole entire year. Um, him losing the Intercontinental Championship belt prior to the Rumble can't happen. And I know he's in, he's in a current feud with Dean Ambrose. Um, that might happen to me. The best scenario is like, I, I recall when Edge was on a pay-per-view with somebody and he lost the um, Intercontinental belt or he lost one match and then he came out later on and all the the New Year's Revolution. He still had the money in the bank and he walked out as champion. So, like, you could be in one match, lose your you lose your Intercontinental belt, and the Rumble comes out, you know, you, 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 you run out there and you can be Royal Rumble winner. And I think it could happen. It'll make sense. And for him being a heel... I think the fans will will totally eat that up because Taker and Cena, it'll be nice if it was for the for the belt, but I don't think it needs to have the belt. And 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 if it is for the belt, like you said, where does that leave AJ? Where does that leave Dean Ambrose? Where, where does that leave the Miz and Orton and and, and 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 all these guys? So Taker and Cena can still happen, but it may not be for the belt. You can, my thing is this: if you have Taker and Cena, that's one match. You're probably gonna have Seth and Triple H. That's two matches. Um, you might have KO and Jericho. That's three matches. Or KO and Finn Balor if Balor's back in time. That's three matches. Um, your tag title match. That's four matches. AJ and The Miz, five matches. Dean and somebody for the IC title, six matches. So the card looks pretty stacked as compared to last year. So, I mean, I'm not saying The Miz is going to win the Rumble, but I'm thinking if you're looking at it right now, who can win the Rumble and you be at home and be like, you know what? I'm cool with that. It's not going to be Brock or Goldberg. Nobody wants Reigns winning. Seth winning is still it's still out there, but I think Triple H is not going not going to have that um, go down. Jericho winning the Rumble, I don't know. KO is going to be in the uh, in the match already, so like the options are very slim. I mean, and Orton is already in, in, a, in a tag team uh, feud um, uh, alliance with the Wyatt, so. There's not much room for uh, for for many people to win. That's why I think it'll be best the Miz loses the Intercontinental Belt, go in the Rumble, and come out victorious. Yeah, I mean, I think Miz when you when you lay it out like that might be a life of candidate. <clears throat> and I think with all the work that he's put in this year, he'd be a great candidate to win the Rumble. Yeah. Um, and him and Miz, I think, would be a great feud slash match. They had a couple matches earlier this year which were also really really good. So. 
I would buy it as a WrestleMania main event. I mean, this has been the main event of WrestleMania before. As you said, if Sheamus and Del Rio, of all people, can win the Rumble, I don't know why Miz can't. Um, I mean, especially with, like, the matches that you projected for WrestleMania, there's so many good ones. I really hope that AJ isn't in the top-tier match of Mania. His feud with Jericho earlier this year was great, but he was, like, second or third on the card. He should not be that down on the card after being world champion for the final few months of 2016. That, to me, would just be dumb. Uh, especially with how good of a uh, how good of a reign, how good of a wrestler he's been all year, he's really been the MVP of WWE for 2016. That I mean, other than Miz and maybe Finn Balor, and like, yeah, like you said, I think we don't have to worry about Roman Reigns just because he already is in the world title match. It would be stu- it would be mind boggling dumb to have him lose that Universal Title match against KO and then come back out later and win. That would be the absolute dumbest thing they could possibly do, which I doubt they would do. So I'm hoping they don't go that far. So I don't think we get to worry about Roman Reigns this year, unlike last year and the year before and the year before that, uh, if he's in the Rumble match at all. So uh, regardless, I think with this with this year's Rumble match, uh, there's a couple different faces. I mean, like, I think it'd be cool. Samoa Joe has to be called up in the Rumble. I said it earlier but about him maybe facing AJ at Mania, but Joe has got to be called up in the Rumble. I don't think he's going to win, mm. but on the off chance that he could, to say to tell AJ that I did what you couldn't gave you in the Rumble and then win it that same night would be just incredible. That's a way to make a star in one night. Samoa Joe already is a star, but I mean that would be one way to make him like the guy in the matter of one night. Um, and then you could do AJ. I don't know if Joe would be a heel in that scenario or what, but or AJ or whatever. But uh, that that would be a great feud slash match to do at WrestleMania for WrestleMania 33 between AJ and Joe. Uh, which would be just bizarre thinking that we have two non-WWE guys, AJ and Joe, two former TNA and Ring of Honor stars facing off for the top title of WrestleMania. It's almost pretty incredible to think about. But, uh, yeah, if it's not Joe, I mean, uh, as you said, Miz, I'd be all on board for that. I'm a big fan of his work. I've just been a big fan of his in general for years. But especially after the, the work that he's put forward in 2016, I'd be all for that. Balor, like I said, I think is still my number one choice, but that's even assumed he'll be back by then. So. Mm. Who really knows? I mean, as long as it's not John Cena again, which I think would be a total waste of a rumble again, uh, they, just, they just need to deliver a good rumble outcome. And now, they didn't boo Triple H like they did Roman Reigns and Batista, but it's like, okay, this guy's won it before. Uh, he's 45 years old. We need to have a fresh face that people can get behind to win this thing. And I think even though Miz is not a fresh face, they're not going to go crazy if Miz wins. At least it would be something out of the ordinary, and it's not completely predictable. Yeah, I think Miz, uh, Finn Balor um, could be like the main top two candidates, depending if Balor is even back healthy in time. But I think they put themselves in a corner where like, even if you wanted Seth to win the Rumble, he already fought Kevin Owens like three times already. If Reigns wins and Rollins wins the Rumble, you already saw Reigns and Rollins um, Hold up. That match was one-on-one, right, at, at the Money in the Bank or the Battleground? Which yeah, that was one-on-one. Yeah, the Battleground match is triple threat. Yep, with Ambrose. All right, so my thing is you, you already saw those matches if if, Reigns, uh, if Rollins was to win the Rumble. So, like, doing those matches early, obviously you don't know what's going to happen later on, but, the, you know, whoever wins the Rumble, they got to fight somebody who they've never fought at all or haven't fought in a long time. So Finn Balor winning makes sense because he never lost the title and now Kevin Owens is the, 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 the universal champion. He wants his, his belt back. That makes sense. The Miz never won the Rumble. They've been teasing him and AJ for a little bit. You want to see that match. Two heels or two tweeners 
whatever you want to call it. So that'll be good. But Cena, Reigns, Jericho, Brock Lesnar winning the Rumble. I mean, if Brock wins the Rumble, that could be a little option with him and Kevin Owens. Um, but I, I think they're going him and Goldberg for one more match at WrestleMania. So um, I, I think time will tell who's going to win. But I think overall, um, it should be a great Royal Rumble. Uh, only one match is, is solidified beside the Rumble match, and that's KO Reigns for the world title, the universal title with Jericho in the air. Uh, before I wrap it up, uh, what did you make of The Miz and Dean and um, Renee Young and this whole thing that they're trying to portray on screen where Miz told the world, like, you know, Renee, you know, you've, you're obsessed with Dean Ambrose because you're you're involved with him. And that kind of shocked everybody. That, the whole Natalia thing with, with Nikki Bella and bitching it and everything. I'm like, whoa, like, who was writing SmackDown today? No, that was great. I thought the uh, whole thing was great. I think that was the best Natalia promo I think I've ever heard. Um, that was that was really great. For a storyline, I really could not care less about going in. I thought that angle with Natalia, Carmella, and Nikki Bella was great on Tuesday. The Miz, Ambrose, Renee thing I thought was even better just because, as you said, something that really have not acknowledged up to this point. For what reason, I don't know. Right. Acknowledged every other relationship. Why not that one? I mean, I guess only now just because they're bringing it up on Total Divas. That's why they're bringing it up now on TV. Um, but I thought it was great. I mean, a lot of people might be against Renee Young getting involved in the storyline. She's a great, you know, unbiased announcer, mm-hmm. but kind of bragging that reality sense into it. Not really attitude era, but not the whole, like, bras and panties garbage and whatever, but I feel really feel like that it called the reality era. That was a sense of reality that we have not seen on this program for a long time. So I thought that was great, and I hope they kind of involve Renee Young a little bit more, keep on, you know, a little bit more each week going forward in this and, and make the Miz and Ambrose see that much more aggressive and personal in the months to come. And even on Talking Smack, they had a rhino, horn, uh, a horny rhino on uh, a Santa on Talking Smack right afterwards. Yeah. It was a very PG-13, uh, uh, a very PG-13 night for SmackDown on Tuesday, but I thought it was really good. A really, a real uh, breath of fresh air, so to speak. Yeah, I think bringing that reality part kind of makes me think more like Miz can lose his title before Rumble or even at the Rumble. And then like just kind of, like, you know, Dean Ambrose got my number tonight and F that, I'm going to be in the Rumble. And yeah, I lost my Intercontinental Championship, but now I'm going to headline WrestleMania. And, you know, that's the storyline that should happen. Maybe if it'll it'll be, it would have been better if Miz would have never lost to Dolph. And had this, and had had and had this big reign of being the Intercontinental Champion, and Dean Ambrose snapped that reign, and then Miz went out the same night into the Rumble and said, "You know what? I had that reign, but now I'm I'm headlining WrestleMania. What what are you gonna do about that?" So I think there are ways they can do it because if he's not headlining WrestleMania for the title, um, just trying to see where they would put Miz if he's Intercontinental Champion or not. Yeah, I mean, this is another guy a lot like AJ who, if he's not going to win the Rumble, needs to be in a prominent match at WrestleMania. Again, I don't know when Benjamin's going to be back. I think a Shelton, Miz, feud at WrestleMania, or maybe not even a Miz in general would be really, really good. Um, I do agree they should not have taken the title off of Miz. I said that when Ray coming out of No Mercy. I mean, the Ziggler match was great. The moment was great. But really, it's Dolph Ziggler. The guy's back to being really nothing. I know he's at the main event level, but that's only after losing Miz another two or three more times. 
So they really should not have taken the title off. I know they only really did that to freshen up the feud, right. kind of prolong the feud a little bit more, but I think it would have been cooler if they just kept the belt in this from the net at the WrestleMania this past year going into WrestleMania this year. I think that would have been great. And also kind of chase that honky-tonk man uh, record that we've talked about so many times in the past. But, yeah, like with Miz, uh, I mean, again, I think for a lot of people, there's really, I don't know about myself, I've really been doubtful of this in the past, but I think for a lot of people, there really is still a realistic chance we could see Brian and Miz at WrestleMania. Not in a real wrestling match. I've seen people you know, speculate maybe it's going to like uh, be a ripoff of like the 18 seconds where Miz goes to kiss Maurice. And then he turns around and eats a, a running knee for um, Daniel Bryan to win in this final match. He wins the championship. Like, I'd be fine with that. And I feel like they, they need to do that or something along those lines because you cannot tease people with the, with the idea of a Miz and Bryan match mm-hmm. and then not deliver. And I thought they, if, if they were going to not do it, they would not have had them interact as many times as they have. So I'm hoping at least somewhere. And uh, maybe they do that at WrestleMania. I don't know. I guess Ambrose doesn't really need the IC, doesn't really need the IC championship, but... I guess we'll see where it goes, but uh, yeah, I think Miz is, does deserve a uh, bottom line, does deserve a top match at WrestleMania after all the great work that he's done throughout 2016. Anything else from Raw, SmackDown, noteworthy that I'm I'm leaving out, Graham? Uh, no, I think we hit upon everything. Okay, uh, and I know uh, Alexa Bliss lost to uh, what they called her, Luchadora, a.k.a. Becky Lynch, in a one-on-one match, and yeah, they're going to have that rematch at uh, next week along with the triple threat match and the four corners. Why are they saying wild card finals? I, I don't understand that. Did I miss something? No, yeah, I didn't really get that either. I mean, I was looking up why they would call it that. Like, if there was another meaning for the term wild card finals, and I just don't really get I mean, people were asking the same thing. It's not like we had a... I mean, people were joking. We didn't have a quarterfinal or a semifinal. It's just the final. So, right. I don't know. They just called it the, the final episode of 2017 or like the, the Midwinter's Nightmare or something like that. It'd be much better. Just I don't get where mid or rather uh, uh, wild card finals comes from. I, I don't know either. John Cena returns on Tuesday. What do you think his role is going to be? I mean, as I said earlier, I think he announces his entry for the Royal Rumble. For him to say, I'm going after the championship and then challenge AJ for the belt of the Rumble would be just dumb because the guy hasn't earned it. I mean, SmackDown's about earning your title shots for the most part, so unlike Raw, where they just fucking give him out for no reason. So I think with SmackDown, they wouldn't do that. I don't think they're dumb enough to just give Cena another title shot for literally no reason. Wouldn't be the first time. We've seen it multiple times in the past of him. But uh, I would hope that he comes back and says, I want my world championship, but he says he has to go through the Rumble first. And that's where he encounters The Undertaker or whatever else. So, yeah, I do think on on Tuesday when he gets back, hopefully they do announce something and he won't just come back and, like, deliver an AA to, like, fucking, like, Jack Swagger or something. They just actually do step forward a directing for him going forward. But, uh, yeah, I do think he announces his entry into the Royal Rumble match on on Tuesday. Last one, Graham. Uh, Apparently they won't bring the King of the Ring tournament, tournament back, but they would rather do a United Kingdom Championship tournament talk about that man i'm like okay but are we going to be that enamored to see it i mean i think it should be cool i like the idea of it just because it brings nigel mcginnis on board from ring of honor who is fucking great who they should have brought in a long time ago Mm -hmm. uh from what i've seen there's a lot of good wrestlers in the tournament which is cool 
As long as it doesn't become, and I know Triple H said it might, as long as it doesn't become a weekly television show, because there's already so much goddamn television as it is right now, I'm content. As a two-day tournament, I'm fine with it. The UK Championship belt itself looks fucking nice. It's got a great design. Um, with the King of the Ring, I also want to see it back, and there's a chance they could bring it back. They have yet to reveal what pay-per-views we're getting after WrestleMania and how that will affect the whole brand split, all this other shit. And if they needed more events for Raw and SmackDown, they could always bring back King of the Ring as a Raw or SmackDown exclusive event, which I think they should do. Um, I mean, after even though the name of the tournament has been kind of tarnished, with the whole King Barrett garbage, and that was just terrible. So hopefully they bring it back at some point in 2017. But uh, yeah, I like the idea of the UK tournament, though. I like, I, I like a lot of the guys that are in the tournament from what I've seen so far. The idea of it, the title itself looks great. As long as it doesn't become a weekly television show, adding on to what we already have to watch right now, uh, I'm totally fine with it. Graham Matthews, you're on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work for Hidden Remote and Bleacher Report. You're, you're also the host of WrestleRant Radio. Uh, thank you again for coming on, and uh, happy holidays to you and your family, man. As always, man, happy holidays to you, too, and I'll talk to you after next week's big wild card final show. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs> See you, man. Catch you on the road. All right.